0: Good morning, everyone. <laughs> I'm so glad that I'm here and I'm uh, standing before you to tell all the great things God is doing in Cambodia. And so um, I just want to say first that everything that God has done uh, in Cambodia is everything that I'm doing and everything I'm sh- going to share about today is all because of God. And I'm just one of his tools in his hand, and a- among others, there are many people that are helping me do all these things. And so it's really just all God, and just I just want to say that first. And and so and um, before before I want to s- tell you guys how the language is going in Cambodia. I'm learning the language in Cambodia. It's called Khmer, and so the language sounds like this: Prehizu uh, solang pogyong sum sum ato prehizu bi what I just said was, Jesus loves you a lot, and he wants, please hope in him because he wants to save you from, his, from your sins. And I can say many other things, but that's just an example of Khmer that I'm learning. And it's the language, my language is going very well, a lot better than last year, so <laughs> I can hold my own pretty well understanding the Khmer people. And so, um, I wanted to, I've learned many things this year, but probably the biggest thing that I've learned was about God's love. And he has shown me the difference between my love and his love and how there's such a huge gap in between those two things and between his love and my love. And so he's taught me a whole lot about his love and about serving others with expecting nothing in return, and just many of the things about his love. And uh, one verse that I really stand out to me about his love is, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lie- lay down our lives for our brothers. And so I, God has really shown me that I need to lay continuously every single day, lay down my life for all of my brothers in Cambodia and everywhere over the world by prayer and serving them and h- however I can possibly do that. And so it's really, that's one of the biggest things I learned this year and along, among, with, among many other things. And so, yes. Uh, so now, um, now for... Um, an update on all the, great thing God, all the great things God is having me do in Cambodia, and all the things He is doing in Cambodia. And so I have now been there for about two and a, two and a half years, a little more than that. And it's so strange. Every single year I've been there, God has me doing more and different things every single time. And I can't imagine what He's going to be doing, me, having me do next year. But He's definitely He's grown what I'm do. I've done and increasing what I'm doing and giving me more things I do. Um, so I'll try to mention all the great things he's done. He's truly, the time I have now, I don't think I can get through 10%. <laughs> so I'll try. So my first thing that I've been doing, my first priority is really discipleship. And I have, I've been discipling a, Daniel, Tira, Moy, Kimloon, Vuta, um, Pizza, and Zeke. And so this is the killing field, no, this is the dump group, and this is the killing fields group. And so this is the group of people that go with me to each one of the outreaches, the churches. And so each one has their job and so but that's been going very well and I really love these young men a whole lot. And I always try to help them however I can. Bible studies and just just help them with their day-to-day problems they would have at school, persecution, whatever may that may be. And I just, it's one of my enjoyable, very, I love this part of the, love discipling them, and I love them very much. And so, and they're doing very well. Uh has grown a lot. He's been teaching at the Killing Fields. And Daniel, he's a new member going to the Killing Fields, and he's, he's grown a lot by caring and loving the children there. And uh, Kim Loon has grown a whole lot because they're just serving God and teaching. And Buddha has just, he's becoming a great teacher at the dump. And so it's just, and Pizza is just, <laughs> he's quite an amazing guy. And he always makes us laugh. And hes he just brings a wonderful joy and loves playing with the kids a lot. And it's just, everyone has an Zeke is just doing a great job at playing the guitar and leading worship. And so like each person has their their job and they're doing very well at that and they have shown great work growth in their job, in their work and loving them. And I've seen the biggest thing I've seen change for them, all of them, is they have they have learned to love on a much deeper level. People that are not part of their family and stuff like that, they've learned so just to love just a real God's love. They're learning about more about God's love. And so, that's, so that's, that's the update with the disciple people I've been discipling and stuff like that, and I just really love doing that. Now, now for the killing fields. Now, this is an outreach that we started last year, about, about a year and about three months ago. And it has grown a lot. We have a lot more kids. And, and we've recently moved into a, a new church building. We rented this building next door. And the reason why the story is, is a bit sad, but I, I think it's important for you guys to understand what, why we do things, is the woman that we were staying in the house with, they were, he, she was, brought us in and let us use our house. She was... She was doing great and she was helping and stuff like that, and, um, and many things, but she started making enemies with her, our neighbors. And so we're like, um, <laughs> we asked started, kids, stop coming, stop coming, because she kept on making enemies. <laughs> and I'm like, I talked to this, I talked to her, I'm like, why are you making enemies? I try to fix the problem, and no, it's the Cambodian way, just the, you're mad at them, you're mad at them for about a couple of centuries. <laughs> And so, like, I tried for a couple, mo- like, half a year trying to fix this problem. Like, okay, it's not going away. Just it's getting worse. So I l- started looking for a new house, a new um, house. And this house next door, just re- she allowed us to rent it. And we have this, it's a beautiful house and very big, and, and it's really nice. And, and, so, we, and s- so we moved to that one, and she got really mad at us for doing that. But we kind of had to do that. <laughs> But ever since we moved there, we had all of our old kids start coming back, and then we had just, just such a wonderful time and you can hear a lot better just great and we can have air co- we can have um fans on the wall so it's a lot cooler so I really love that and we also the um and so yes so that so that's had a lot of growth, and we just recently had a Christmas program here with these kids, and so we had about about 120 came, just the kids, and we had, like, Tira, this y- young man that's um, uh, teaching, he, uh, he put together the whole Christmas program, and so we taught them the birth of Christ, we played some fun games, and it was just a blast, and we had played with a lot of balloons, passed out some toys, and it was really quite a lot of, a lot of fun. And so, yes, that's the Killing Fields. And um, the Killing Fields, for those people who are new, is a, a place that's uh, Polpok. He was a, um, a um, Polpok who killed millions of people in Cambodia about the 1980s, 70s. And so the Killing Fields is a mass grave where they, everyone was kind of thrown and killed. And so the Killing Fields, I, so I opened up this church just right down the street from it. And so all the kids that are around the whole so a whole village is built around this killing field. So a lot of the kids come and we teach them about God, we teach them to pray, worship, and play fun games and encourage them and however we can to help them. Pass out food and stuff like that. So that's the killing fields. So now the dumb church. Now, the dump church is, it's been, it's a fairly, it's getting pretty old. It's about two years old, a little older than two years, two years and three months. And it's, it's been growing a whole lot this year. And so we have, not in numbers necessarily, but in the quality and the deepness of their Christianity, of all of them. And so we, we meet at the dump. For those people who don't know what the dump is, it's, it's the, city, the retired city dump of Cambodia. And so it's the retired one, so there's an entire village built around this dump, and so, all, so there's lots of people there, so we built the church there. And so we, so the, the, so we have about the group of about 30, our, as I would consider our core group. And our core group, uh, it's there in the disciple group in there... They're being mentored and stuff like that, and they are just showing lots of growth. And you can see their lives changing and becoming more like Christ. And you can see God's love shining through, shining through them. And you can just, um, and they're just there, ready, and they're s- learning how to serve a whole lot. They they're always willing to do whatever, and how whatever it takes to serve and do whatever they do to further the kingdom of God. And so. And then we have another 30 group, uh, uh, th- another part of the church I would consider, about 30, which are kind of like on the too young to really make a decision or just kind of on the fence, not, sh- not sure. And then we have another 15 that are just like new people that come and go, depending on what they want to do. And so that's, the, that's how the church has been going right now. And it's just so wonderful to see their growth and everything like that. And recently, what we did was, so we have a total of three types of, we, we meet there three times a day. Oh, no, three t- not three times a day, I'm sorry, three times a week. <laughs> um, we meet there Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. And um, each one is at nighttime. And so each one of the days, we, we're kind of, we, we try to teach them something different and something, the Bible, but we try to teach them how to, for instance, on Thursday, we teach them. We sit. And we break off in little tiny groups, and each group reads the Bible and studies it for about thirty minutes, about fifteen minutes, thirty to fifteen minutes, and then we get back to the big group, and each person goes around the circle and they share what they learned from that Bible from the the Bible verses we had. And so that was that's really that's really awesome. The second program we have is the disciple group. We have about twenty five in the disciple group. It's about all about teenagers, and so we get around in a big circle, and Vuta or Timothy, they would share the Bible and go deep into the Word of God, and so th- we've seen just a tremendous amount of growth through that program, and just the quality of their, the depthness of their Christianity, uh, b- belief in Jesus. And then the f- third program is on Sunday is kind of like a family church. We invite new people every all the time, and we have a lot of new people, and we would, teach them the Word of God, and, and every single time we go, we try to pass out food and whatever we can to help, and the worship and stuff like that. And so, yes, that's the programs at the dump, and, um, and so now let's go into some great, awesome events we had at the dump this year. One of the great things we've had was a, a church baptism at the dump. And so these are mostly the, the older Christians that were at the that been in the disciple group and stuff like that. And and so they wanted to be baptized. And so we so we so about I started about about fifteen people that wanted to be baptized. And so they all we all gathered for a three day uh, teaching about what what is baptism. And so it was about about one hour session three times uh, th- three days in a row. And so we taught them deeply about like, how baptizing means like, to show the world that it's, you believe in Jesus and many other things. And so after they all understand what baptizing meant completely, they still, um, about 12 of them, and then we had talks with each one of them to make sure that they believe in Jesus wholeheartedly and everything like that. And then we found that about 12 of them that we really felt strongly that they should be baptized. And so we, we got together one day, uh, and we put together this pool, and we filled it with water, and then we had a, about 110 people start showing up to see, see the baptism. And we didn't really like, invite people, but they just kind of showed up. And so, they all, so we had to tell all these people like, what this baptism is. And so we had a couple of the, the people being baptized stand up and share what baptism is. And so that was a lot of fun and so we shared and, and here there is a, a part of the group that's been baptized, in a picture. And so but you know a sad thing is one of the boys that wanted to be baptized was he was in line to be baptized, but his mom showed up. And his mom he, he got in terrible trouble with his mom for wanting to be baptized. And so her mom drove him away and he couldn't be baptized. His name is Saint La. And um, it's just just part of the persecution they have from their families, an example of it, just their families just not wanting them to be baptized or believe in Jesus. And so what I felt when, when I had this program is I was incredibly happy to see all of my kids, and all the people who I love dearly, growing up in Christ and making steps in their faith in Jesus. And it just... I really just touched me deeply, and, and it's one of the, my favorite things that ever happened is baptism. But, yes, and they all had c- tremendous growth since they've been baptized, and I can really see God's life in them. And so, after the baptism, we decided to take the, the youth group, all the people that had been baptized and the disciple group, and take them down to a retreat down at the beach because many of them weren't, never been to the beach, and it was, it was gonna be a lot of fun. And then also, we wanted to teach them about the important things of taking your, showing your faith to the world and showing everyone that you believe in Jesus. And so, we went down to the beach and we, and we, sh- we, um, we had a lot of fun. We played in the sand. We, we um, and we, we had every single night, we'd have worship and Bible study. And the main thing that we were trying to teach them through this is being the light of the world. And now that they've they shown the world that they believe in Jesus, now to be a bright light. And so a couple of the things we did was we, we went around in small groups, and we picked up trash and from the whole beach and to clean that all up. The hu- and then also we would share the gospel with some of the people around there. With them and teach them how to share the gospel, and so yes, that was an incredible, fun, fun thing we did, and they all loved it, and, and it really taught us the people there that we had about. It's not just me; we had about we had that twenty twelve staff come, and they also like learned a lot about how to serve and to not just be there for yourself, but to be there and to take care of all these young Christians. And so, yes, it was an amazing experience, and I really loved it, and it was, it was really fun. Um, another g- um, another program we had this year, just recently, um, I believe it was three Sundays ago? Well, on the 10th of December. And so it was a holiday, and so we, we decided we wanted to have a Christmas outreach. So so my my f- my friend Bhuta said like oh it'll be about three hundred four hundred, maybe two hundred and i 'm like no i i think I think there's going to be a nine hundred or a thousand <laughs> and then he 's like i don 't think that nine hundred or thousand will fit in the room, in, into the into the field that we 're going to have the church in and said so, okay we 'll see who 's right, <laughs> and so we had the um, so we, we started the, for a whole month, we prepared this whole program, got the gifts, got um, prepared the tre- teaching, the songs, and it was a huge effort putting on this huge this program. We had about 15 people helping putting this program together, and we put big tarps on the ground, and it was a lot of, a lot of work, <laughs> but we did it, and um, when the Christmas Day happened, and it was, it was, such an amazing, it was so amazing. Uh, Seven hundred people showed up. We filled the entire field. We were had with just people. Many of them sitting like Cambodians, like squished together, <laughs> <laughs> and other people standing, and it was just extremely crowded. And so we would, we had, um, and we involved the whole church at the dump to be part of the program. Some of the people were singing, uh, had special songs. Some of the kids had special songs to sing. other people had like a, a fashion show. We would do games Oh, and it was wonderful. It was so wonderful to have all these all of the whole church to be part of the whole like, whole Christmas program And so after we had this, we we passed out balloons and stuff like that. Uh, we We had a big problem came at the very end. There was too many people. <laughs> We couldn't, we couldn't think of a how to give these people presents or gifts without making a complete chaos. And so we would, um, oh, um, so what we did was we closed the gate, and we had them all come out one place at a time, and we had one at a time, and we'd give them the gift and everything like that, and j- said, Jesus loves you, and it was, it was really, <laughs> really difficult, but <laughs> we ended up doing it, and it went all perfectly great, and... <coughs> And a wonderful experience for all the young men, that, all the people, that Water of Life people that were with me. And, and it was just wonderful to see them serving and, and hopefully many of the people believe in Jesus. Um, and also another thing that happened on this day was what we did was when, when the birth of Christ happened, Jesus they had this, uh, his angels declare the, tell the shepherds about the birth of Christ. And so I thought, oh, we, can, we need to do the same thing. And so what we did was we, grew, we went off in little tiny groups, and we went all throughout the whole dump and telling people, oh, please come to our Christmas program. Please come and celebrate uh, Christmas with us. And, and so we all did that, and it was really fun. And we saw like, a lot of the kids being a lot bolder about sharing, sharing and inviting people, even though they're older than them. They would they broke that they, they broke that um, what is it called cultural barrier because in Cambodia it is very improper and very um, disrespectful to teach or to tell anyone older than you information. So it w- so th- it's seen in them kind of breaking that the cultural barrier and sharing and inviting people and to, uh, to the church. And so that was really wonderful to see that also. And so one of the new things God has me doing here, go, going in Cambodia, is Cambodian crocheting sisters. Now, this had a, quite an interesting story. When, when, at one day, when we were all, when we were all at the you know, when we were all at the dump, when I was at the dump, I had this one woman that kept on coming to me. Asking for money to help her child go to the hospital or this or that, pay for the rent, or else she'd be kicked out, and stuff like that. And then so I'm like, I, I kept on helping her and helping her, but I it, it didn't seem like there was no end to it, just kind of like it was going to continue. So I thought, okay, I gotta fix this problem r- for real, not just just keep on handing her money. And so I thought for a couple months about a business or something that they can do to make money. So finally, and I was thinking, okay, it can't be replaced by a machine, it can't be overly done in Cambodia, and it, can't, it has to be done something cheaply. And so and it requires lots of skill and talent to do. So finally, I came up with crocheting. Now, I didn't know anything about crocheting <laughs> at all. Sure. I didn't know anything. At first, I thought it was knitting that they were going to go to, but uh, crocheting is better. <laughs> and so, when we went to crocheting, I'm like, well, I don't know anything about crocheting. So I started looking at YouTube videos and, like, how to crochet. And I'm like, this looks like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what we did was, so I'm like, okay, I've got to get someone to help me. So, uh, um, so Dan at Holly's house, uh, Water of Life, she was also looking for work and also an opportunity to minister and to serve the people of Cambodia. And so she, so I'm like, so I asked her, uh, would you like to go uh, work for me and learn how to crochet and teach people how to crochet and do whatever it takes to make this business work? <laughs> and so she said, yeah, sure. I'd love to do that. And I'm like, okay, great. Uh, this is Dawa here. So, so she said. I'm like, okay. So I give her like, I go on YouTube and I download like a hundred videos on how to crochet. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, here you go. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I was also learning a little bit, and she was teaching me a little bit too as she learned. And so she, so she went through all these videos and learned, and she would spend like a half a day learning every single day. So a couple months go by, and then when we felt like she was she knew enough to crochet, and then make something. So, s- so sh- then she started teaching the woman that was trying to help. Before the problem, w- the woman with the problem, and so we had so she started teaching her, and everything went well. She was the woman had a little bit of difficulty learning, so but she kept on teaching her, and they started making like animals like that, the elephant and stuff like that, and then more and more women started coming. And so they started coming and wanting to crochet also, because they really had no opportunity to work at all in at the dump and they had no skills to talk this speak of. And so the only jobs that were available for them was um, would be pick up trash and stuff like that. Really nothing to make money at. And so so they wanted to work also. So we so they all came and we ended up having about Seven, no, we have about eight women now crocheting. And so at every single day they would meet at the building that we started at the dump. Uh, uh, um, I rented, also for the church and also for the crocheting. And they'd meet for half a day and Da would teach them and she would, um, and she would also teach them the Bible also at the very end. So, they w- so we'd teach them a useful skill and then also at the very end we would have about a 15 30 minute bible study. And so that was uh, so that was going very well. we were seeing the, the growth of the women in the bible and, and really I really realized that the older the older generation in Cambodia they need the one day one day a week churches is really not enough. The the every single bible the everyday bible study is really what they need just to that break their hard heart and they get them deeper in the Word, instead of being so shallow, and so this has really have done that, and also provided and then knowing a great skill and and then so every single Thursday, I would come I would come here many times but Thursday I would come and they'd bring me all the things that they've made and I would buy them, and so I would I would, I would buy them and then uh, would tell them what I want them to make next and so and then they would make that. And so now I've brought them all here. Well, yeah, I brought them all the stuff they've made for the last uh, six months or something like that. And they're all here and they can all be purchased by <laughs> anyone who wants to purchase them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so, that's really the story of the Cambodian Crocheting Sisters. And I really, thinking, I've really. I have a lot of plans for this, and hopefully someday they'll make some elaborate crocheting stuff. But until then, we have these dolls and some scarves and stuff like that. And so, um, well, um, um, so we have all these things that really happened this year. And um, so I want to tell you guys about Water of Life. Now, Water of Life is the young boys' home I've been staying in for the last uh, for the whole time I've been in Cambodia. And so, Water of Life is a, a kind of a, a orphanage for young men and young women, and also for children. You know, there's three parts of Water of Life. There is the um, there's the boys' home, the girls' home, and the kids' home. runs One's run by Randy, Holly. And then Catherine, and so i was staying at the boys' home right now, and that's that's where Timothy and uh, Vuta and Kim Loon and Tierra are all from, and we would we would all have a great time, and and so they would all come from their village, and really, one you to learn, and so we would give them a water of life, would give them opportunity that we go to school, pay for their college, and pay for their food, and really just teach, and we'd have every single day, we'd have a Bible study, and so that we, everyone, every single day, we'd gather in a big group, and someone would teach. Also, they teach the boys how to teach the Bible, too, and then Holly would do a similar thing, and Catherine would take care of all of her children, and so, yes, that's water of life, essentially, in a nutshell, but yeah, and, um, um that's about really everything I prepared. <laughs> I thought it, it went much faster than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> um, does anyone have any questions? Or is there you know, you mentioned about the boy who was gonna be baptized in his mom polymorph. Mm-hmm. No, um, I, we, we do not encourage disobedience to parents at all. <laughs> we I definitely, um, I encourage them to always obey their parents. But their, their parents are very loose with their children. They let them do whatever they want, really. Occasionally, sometimes they, they get very strict with their children. And so they allow their children to go to our Bible studies and learn about God and stuff like that. And sometimes their parents kind of get the urge to persecute their children for the things they believe in or make them worship Buddha and stuff like that. And so occasionally we get, like, St. La, get pulled away for making a public uh, demonstration of their belief. Not, they don't have a huge problem with the private stuff, like in the church and stuff like that, but, like, the big... Uh, like, like the baptism, they had a little bit of a problem with. But I definitely encourage them always to obey their parents. And God, I'm just blessed by God that they're not having so much persecution that they're not le- letting their kids come to church. But I've also had many of, of my young teenagers stop coming to church because of their parents not making them. Yes, I've had the uh, I had the reverse also. What would be the best way to pray for you as you head back then this next year? Um, best way is um, probably pray for me personally to stay close to God and to stay deep in His Word and to continually serve Him and to love God with His love. Um. And so yeah, and another one probably about just really being a servant to the people of Cambodia and um yeah I mean, so is the so water of life is the is the home mhm Mm-hmm. That's just so incredible to see him doing all this So there's Water of Life, and that's kind of... All the people are answered to the leadership of Water of Life. But also Water of Life gives the people much freedom to do what they're called to go do. And so thus leads to about 20 outreaches from Water of Life all over Cambodia. Some boys travel eight hours, four hours... I personally don't need don't find need to go very far, certain so people inside the, the city, and so I go like uh fifteen minutes and thirty minutes and so yeah so these uh, these outreaches don't necessarily answer directly to the leadership of water of life, but the people that are running the outreaches answer to the wa- leadership of water life um it varies but generally about. Let's see. There's, there's about six long, no. Seven long-term missionaries, and then um, and then we occasionally get another six or seven people, short-term missionaries. Hey Andrew, last time, I think. Clear me up if I'm wrong, but remember the safe house. Yeah. The safe house. Um, the one that's in the building, right? Yeah, for the, for the, for the, for the girls, the young girls, the women slaves. Okay, so it's Holly's house. So part of our, Holly's house. And so I, that's more of Holly's uh, department, but I can tell you what I know. So Holly's house is going pretty well. They go out every single Friday. They try to bring more people in, and then the people, then the women that are there are, they have some they have a lot of problems, obviously because they're coming out of trafficking but so they sometimes they leave and come back and leave but um i i think there's there's a lot of fruit there that it's the people are being changed okay well i'll tell you that one too so this <laughs> so the building church was um it's been in the it's it's going really well. It's been taken over by Holly's house right now. The girls of Holly's house, because it was all girls that really were coming to that church. Not really any bo- any boys at all. And so they were they took it over that church, and they go there about twice a week. And they have clinics out there, and they share the gospel and teach the people about God. And they're and they're being faithful and continuing that. Yeah. Also, the thing, same thing with Cambodian and crocheting sisters. It's a women ministering mi- women. Uh, there's no guys teaching guys, uh, uh, girls. So, I find that's important. Are you getting tired of talking? No, 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 I can talk all day. What I'm fascinated by is, I want to hear Andrew's day. I want to hear what happens from, from the time you wake up in the morning, where you wake up, what you sleep on, what you eat. Okay, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll tell you my day. So uh, my day generally consists of, um, okay, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you Thursday. (laughs) So Thursday I would wake up and I would have my Bible study, pray, and just really spend time with the Lord. Um, I spent generally about an hour and a half, just me and God, and then after that uh, I would I would um, eat breakfast, or yeah, I, I wake up about eight, and then, and then it's ten thirty. Then have a breakfast, then come back, and I would hang out with the boys at Water of Life, build relationships with them, for a while, and then I would, and I would run various errands that would need to be run for the church or something like that, or I need to help the women, or um, just really whatever is needed done, and I would ask. Sometimes I'd ask Randy. If you need me for do anything, so I'd run various um, just things that need to be done and then around um, and so that takes up most of my afternoon and then at n- nighttime I would have we would have our English class and then I would help out sometimes with that and then after English class at six o'clock we would leave to the dump and so we'd drive there and we'd get there about. Um, we'd get there about 6.45, and then at that time, we would have a fellowship at, a d- at the dump, and we would uh, play with everyone, talk, and just really concentrate on building relationships with the people at the dump. We'd do that for 45 minutes or so, and then after that, we would have the 7.30. We'd start our worship. So we'd worship for about 30 minutes, and then and that's a whole lot of fun then I would invite I, at this time I would be welcoming people at the church and stuff like that and then um then after that we would have we'd play some fun games with them and then we would stop that and then we would have and we would all start the teaching and so we would so we would have teaching and then after that we would pass out some. Food or whatever we brought, fruit or stuff like that, and then we would go back home after that. And then, and then we would have dinner. All, all the the team would get together, and we would have dinner, and we would talk about the outreach and stuff like that. How how it went, and so how we can improve it, stuff like that. And then after that, we would um, um, we would go home and go to bed. And so, yeah, this is just a ver- one of the days. Some days are much more busy than other days. It uh, d- really depends what events are happening. Oh, I forgot. Thursday, yes. I would actually... I forgot what I was going to do in the afternoon. But the afternoon, I would go and uh, go to Cambodian Crocheting Sisters. And so I would spend the whole afternoon there uh, talking, make sure everything's going well, buying the stuff that they made, taking inventory, stuff like that, and just checking up, really. And then... Um, then come back home. Then go back to the dump. So that's my various. That's one of my Thursdays, pretty much. What kind of food do you eat? Oh yes, food. <laughs> Forgot to ask a question. Um, let's see. In the morning, I would have a rice, a uh, ginger, ch- ginger chicken fried, a r- uh, ginger chicken rice. It's a. It's pretty good dish. It's one of my favorite dishes in Cambodia. And so we would all. Uh, so it's a plate, and they would give you that's. That's for breakfast. I would have. Then for lunch, I would I would have about a a ham sandwich, that I would just buy the ham and make a sandwich. <laughs> and then uh, for dinner, we would have uh, fried rice uh, with a couple eggs. Yeah, <laughs> lots of rice, lots and lots of rice. Earlier we saw you on the scooter. Is yes. that how you get around? Yes. On a scooter. Oh, how do I? Okay, yes, this is my uh, this is my motorbike, and so I would drive around there. Generally, it fits about seven, eight (laughs) Cambodians, but with I'm on it, I only can fit about one, two, three, four, four. So yeah, (laughs) and they love like jumping on my bike when I'm about to leave and and uh, ride in and I would take them little rides around the dump, and stuff like that. So, a lot of fun we've had. Andrew, I follow you on Facebook. Yes? And it's kind of an adventure to see big places. we all these little people And it's, it's very, very interesting. I think you should tell these people about bringing these crocheted animals. Into the well, I mean, it's, it, it was a bit of a risk on my part. I could have been Stop by the border, but um yeah, it went all fine and but we don't have a lot of time right now it's about they told me to finish at ten thirty <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, uh they range between eight, 18 and twenty three no no, no no twenty two sorry So um, as we're ending right now, um, I want to, some of the ways that um, I would like um, that you guys can help are um, prayer is very important. I, I really need everyone, anyone's prayers for praying for Cambodia, praying for me, praying just lots of prayers. can never have enough. <laughs> and then also uh, monthly support for either the Killing Fields or the Dump or me personally Great. Um, definitely, the more more support I have, the more I can do in Cambodia. And then also, any electronics that people may have that they don't use or anything like that. A lot of the young men are in college, so computers, iPhones, they're extremely helpful for them to get good at school and uh, do well at school. And so yeah, so those are the ways that um, anyone can help if they want to help. <coughs> Yes, and buying the crocheting animals. (coughs) Really, uh, you're employing women to um, not gamble and have Bible studies. Yeah, they have. I have more women, but. um, (laughs) Launch it. Yeah, I I need supply outlets. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Any more questions before I end? Okay. Well, um, I'll end with uh, prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for um, everyone here and you, O Lord, that you listen to all of our prayers. And we pray for Cambodia and all the young men and young women there in the dump and the killing fields. I pray that you would just continually do your work there and that you would just fill everyone that are serving there with the Holy Spirit and just strengthen them, O Lord, to do your work with all of their heart. And I pray for everyone here that they would serve one another, they would serve and to love their neighbors. And I can pray that you cont- your will be continually done, and that our hearts will be open to you, o Lord, willing to serve and to love you. And I pray that you'd bless us and that you keep us safe, and that you would always just fill us with your love.